Hey, Drew Dixon from Love Thy Nerd back with you for another Bible Thump. And uh, it's almost Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Um, I hope you're excited. Um, I'm pretty sure one of the things you're going to do, there's a really good chance anyway, some of you may not do this, but there's a really good chance that most of you watching this video at some point during this holiday season are going to have like a big meal. A big celebratory meal. Why? Because that's what we do as Americans, but hey, not just Americans, all people, we celebrate big monumental events with a meal. Graduate from college, what what happens? You go out to dinner or you have a party at your house with cakes and meal and, uh, and nice food. Um, Christmas, so you have a ham or turkey and, and all kinds of, of wonderful food. Um, food is indelibly connected to um, to celebration for us. Like it's almost impossible to think about doing something important without a meal. Um, think about the first date that you had with your spouse. I almost guarantee, if you're married anyway, I almost guarantee that it involves food. If you're considering dating someone now, you're thinking about asking that special someone out on a date, what are you going to do? You're probably going to share a meal. That's almost certainly going to be one of the first things that you do together. So Maybe it shouldn't surprise us that right before Jesus' death, though if we think about it, maybe it does seem kind of odd to us. Why, as Jesus is about to go to Jerusalem and suffer and die, why do we see him sharing a meal with his followers? Um, and not only just, and not any meal, but like the most important meal for Jewish people in the ancient world, the Passover. So let's read. Um, I'm going to start in verse 12 of Mark chapter 14. So Mark 14, starting in verse 12. On the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and prepare the Passover so you may eat it? Jesus sent two of his disciples and told them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Wherever he enters, tell the owner of the house. The teacher says, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. So the disciples went out and entered the city and found it, just as Jesus had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When the evening came, when evening came, he arrived with the twelve. They were reclining and eating, and Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be distressed and to say to him one by one, Surely not I. Then he said to them, It is one of the twelve, the one whom is dipping bread in the bowl with me. For the Son of Man will go, just as it is written about him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better if he had, for him if he had not been born. As they were eating, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And he said, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, and he gave it to them, and, he said, and they all drank from the cup. And he said to them, This is my blood, the blood of, of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I tell you, I will no longer drink of the rest drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Okay, so again, Jesus is in the last moments of his earthly ministry, the last moments of his life here on earth, and he's sharing a meal. Not just any meal, right? But the most significant meal in the history of of Jewish religion, in the history of of Judaism, the history of, of of the nation of Israel, because this meal signified when the Israelites were freed out of slavery in Egypt. And in a way, Jesus is taking this meal in the same way that it would have been taken for centuries. He's celebrating something that you would definitely do 
every year if you were a, a Jew. Um, but at the same time, he's infusing, I think, some new and significant, some new significance into this meal. So um, just think about how valuable meals are to us and, and how much we treasure them. Um, in one sense, I think that tells us something about Jesus and uh, how he operates. Like he does, I think I just want to pause and say, he does ministry in ways that are really quite simple. Um, Jesus is always eating meals in the Gospels. Um, he's going to meals with, at the homes of of tax collectors. He's eating with Pharisees. He's teaching about meals. He's creating meals for thousands of people out of a bread, out of some bread, you know, a few loaves of bread and a few pieces of fish. Jesus's ministry is constantly connected to food, which I think it tells us something about him in his desire to be near to us in the way that he does ministry. I think there's a lesson for us there too about how we do ministry. Um, do we see meals as opportunities for connection? Do we see meals as ways to grow and and build relationships? Do we see meals as opportunities to really connect with people and love them well, to make people feel welcome? So wherever you live, um, whether you're wealthy or poor or somewhere in between, um, no matter where you live or what you do, you have the opportunity to serve people and love people through the ministry of meals, through sharing meals with them. Jesus was all about that. And that's how he prepared for this horrific yet beautiful moment that he was about to experience by going to the cross. He prepared for it through a meal. So, um, yeah, what does that look like for you? Here's where I think maybe we differ a little bit from Jesus. We still have people over uh, from people in Jesus' day, and in particular Jesus, the way he ate with people. Uh, we still eat meals with other people. They're still really significant for us, but it's really hard for us to celebrate them the way that Jesus did. And the Bible and the Gospels, it's constantly talked about reclining at table because meals were really big deals and a big special occasion. And when you had someone over for a meal, you reclined at table. You you were there for the long haul. You weren't itching to get out the door. I mean, sometimes we go over to each other's houses, right? And we're looking at our watches. We're checking the time. We're checking our text messages on our phones. We're waiting for the moment when we get to leave and go do our own thing. That's not the way Jesus ministered to people. That's not to say that um, it's wrong to have a busy schedule. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's you need to invite people over and tell them they can stay however long they want. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is maybe we need to shift our expectations when it comes to loving and serving our actual neighbors, like the nerds around us that live on our block and on our apartment complex and, and so forth. Um, let's think about what it looks like to have a relationship with them where we're not always trying to rush out the door. Um, that's the kind of relationship Jesus had with his disciples. Um, also, it's significant to know this meal was a really big deal. The, the Passover was a huge deal. And Jesus is essentially embracing his role as the new Moses who inaugurated this meal, who started this meal as a tra tradition in the nation of Israel. God, through Moses, set this as something they would do on a yearly basis to remember God's miraculous and glorious rescue of his people out of slavery in Egypt. And so Jesus is essentially saying, I am the new Moses who rescues you from a far greater enemy, a far greater threat than slavery in Egypt. And, um, yeah, uh, he links the bread to his own body and the cup 
to the new covenant. And he's essentially saying, I'm the one that's inaugurating this new, a new kind of feast. He's saying, when you take the Passover, when you eat the meal, um, here's what it's really about. This Passover, this, this story of rescue that we recline at table to celebrate, it's so much bigger deal than slavery out of Egypt, than freedom from slavery out of Egypt. It points us to how we can have a relationship with God. How can we can be, how broken people like us can be restored to Him? And then I think also how broken people like us can be restored one to another. Um, so let's celebrate this Christmas. Let's celebrate the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. Let's celebrate. Let's not rush out of the, the room to get away from each other. Let's celebrate how God is healing people, how God is rescuing people like us out of slavery from sin and death and also how he's reconciling us to each other, how he's healing our relationships with each other, how he's bringing in uh, heaven, bringing heaven to earth by letting us embody a little bit of his love, a little bit of his justice, a little bit of his peace in our relationship with him, but also in our relationship with each other. So how can you be an agent of the kingdom of God this Christmas? How can you slow down, recline at table, and invite God's kingdom to manifest itself in your home, in your friendships, in your relationships with your neighbor, in the way that you eat meals with other people? Uh, hope that you have a great Christmas. Hope that you nerd out over some nerdy stuff. And I hope the nerdy stuff that you nerd out about is an opportunity to help people see how much Jesus loves them. And I hope you know too, nerd, Jesus loves you deeply. Thanks and Merry Christmas.